This week is sponsored by Grimmett Hopman in honor of the birth of her grandson. Officially, the Parsha is about Parsha's Pinchas, and we may get to it eventually, but in light of what's going on, I thought I uh, decided it was better to do the uh, impromptu speaker and have Steve uh, Feldman lead the discussion because what's happening in Israel is very, very scary right now. And, it, and I don't have anything more to say that Steve couldn't say better, so. Dan, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, everybody. Welcome to Parsha Pizza. Uh, how many of you, and be honest, are trying to keep up with the news, whatever your news source is, and trying to follow what's been happening in Israel, not only the past couple days, but the past month and the past few years, in the past few decades. Yes? Okay. So, sad to say what's happening is not anything new or different, but that doesn't mean that we shrug our shoulders and say, oh, what else is new? Because a lot of people have that attitude. The Arabs in Gaza, with their rockets, can reach more people in Israel today than ever before. There's between 3.5 million and 4 million Israelis, not just Jews, Israelis, within range of the rockets today. If the situation were America, there would be between 165 and 180 million Americans within range of the rockets, half the population. Think about those numbers for a second. They're staggering. The rockets are fired at civilian areas willy-nilly with really not much of a name except uh, direction. Point them in this direction, that direction. Uh, at least one was fired at Demona. Uh, Demona is a special place in Israel because there's rumored to be nuclear, a nuclear reactor there. So uh, I did not hear what if anything was hit or if Iron Dome took anything out and did Iron its job Dome's or not. Out a lot. Took well, out I want I want to tell you about that. Uh, yesterday, I don't have today's figures. Yesterday, there were officially 117 rockets that made it into Israeli airspace, Israeli territory. And Iron Dome took out 29 of 117. So let me explain a couple things. And I don't want to get in the weeds of some of these stats because there's real, really more important things. Iron Dome is set up to calculate where it's, you okay? where it's believed the rocket's going to hit. So if a rocket seems like it's going to hit a so-called open area, they don't try and knock it down because it costs about either $50,000 or $100,000 each time Iron Dome is operational, each uh, rocket, because there's two rockets that go up to knock down the incoming missile. And the Hamas rockets, or the Palestinian Arab rockets, uh, I think I read cost about $500. So if every $500 rocket that they send up costs Israel $100,000 to knock down, you know, after a while, I think your wife needs help. Uh, 
after a while, uh, it, it gets to affect Israel's economy. Oh, yeah. So that's one thing. A couple things um, to think about. What the, you know, the media is reporting <laughs> that these rockets are coming from Hamas, okay? Some of the media is reporting that, if they're even reporting anything. The Palestinian Arab society is such that, you know, we think of, like in this country, Republicans and Democrats, for example, or other groups like um, the Lions Clubs or the Rotary Clubs or places like that, okay? Those kinds of groups, or even a political party, doesn't have an ability to, to shoot rockets, okay? It's a society that is really shooting the rockets. It's not restricted to one specific group. Because some of you may have seen a just a horrific video that was on YouTube and Facebook last night of thousands of Arabs gathered atop the Temple Mount celebrating that Israel was getting bombarded. Okay. So when the media says that the rockets are being fired by Hamas, what they're doing is setting up a paradigm that Hamas are the bad guys and the others are the good guys. Are the good guys. And there really are no good guys. Okay? So keep that in mind, please. What the Arabs are doing when they're firing rockets is committing war crimes. And they're committing war crimes in two different ways. The media is referring to cycles of violence or tit for tat or retaliation. You've heard all these kinds of things, all these terms thrown around by media. They're war crimes. First of all, they're shooting deadly, potentially deadly rockets at Israeli civilian populations. That's a war crime. Second of all, they're using their own people as human shields. Mm -hmm. That's a war crime. So on both of those counts, every time they fire a rocket, and every time they force Israel to try and stop them, they're committing war crimes. Very important to keep in mind. So what can we do? Well, first of all, one other point I want to... Save you from what? I'm sorry? I want me to save you from No, I'm good. Thanks. I did it before. Um, Excuse me. What was I going to just say? You threw it off there. War crimes. Uh, well, it was after the war crimes. Um, oh, yes. A lot of people in the media are reporting that this began or was ramped up because of what happened to the three Israeli teens, Naftali, um, Frankel, and uh, Gilad Shaar, and uh, Ayal. Ayal Ifrak, uh, that this happened because of that. They fired dozens and dozens of rockets before that happened in this round. So this is not respond. What Israel is doing to the defended citizens is not in response to the kidnapping and the murder. It's in response to enough rockets already being fired. Further, uh, some media are reporting that now there's a war. Okay, when the Arabs were firing rockets at Israel on and off for literally a decade and a half, tens of thousands, more than ten thousand rockets. That did not constitute a war. Only when Israel <laughs> decides to defend back. itself is it a war. Okay. Only when. Oh, thank you. Only when. <laughs> only when Israel tries to stop 
the rockets from being fired are there calls for restraint. And the supposed peace partner, Abbas, has not said a thing to try and get Hamas or the other Palestinian Arabs to stop yeah, firing like rockets. This. Abbas did the three. Uh -huh. I didn't see Abbas did the three. Do you know what that the is? Three teens. It's in. It's mocking that three Israeli teens were kidnapped and killed. They they go like this with three fingers. Really nice. nice so. It's our peace partner. We have a, we all of us read between the lines. All all of us have a mission, okay? All of us, and people who are not in this room have a mission that you have to take some of the things I'm talking about too. We have to all be ambassadors for Israel right now. All we always should be, but especially right now, and we need to do some of the work that Israel can't do. So. We need to be explaining some of these facts to our lawmakers, calling up lawmakers, try to ask for chief of staff. Is anybody taking notes, or you're all going to remember all this? It's important. Chief of staff. The podcast. I'm sorry? The podcast. The podcast. Uh, try and ask for the chief of staff. Ask that the United States stop supplying aid to a government that is responsible for firing deadly rockets at Israel. Start again. And you're going to say, well, Steve, uh, they're saying it's Hamas. Well, there's a unity government that's a month old between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority slash Fatah, okay? There's a unity government. So Hamas and the PA, the Palestinian Authority, equally responsible for what's happening. They should not be getting aid. There are several pieces of legislation in the House and the Senate calling for an end to aid. Uh, they're not being moved forward by some leadership, and we need to uh, really work on that. Uh, your personal party affiliation does not matter. What matters is that the House is controlled by Republicans and the Senate is controlled by Democrats. Okay, So it's more important to call Democratic senators and Republican House members, okay? This is something all of us can do. This is something we can ask our friends and family to do. Yes? Do you have their numbers just offhand, or? I can give you Pat Toomey's number offhand, and I can give you Allison Schwartz's number offhand, and other than that. But on the ZOA But I can email, you know, it's on our website. Okay. If, if anybody goes oh, to zoaphilly.org, it's on our website. You just have to look for it a little bit. So it's a matter of calling lawmakers. It's a matter of calling the media. The media has been horribly, I wouldn't even say imbalanced, just lying in some cases, just distorting and lying. Uh, over the weekend, uh, and maybe even into Monday, around the clock, TV news was showing clips of allegedly IDF soldiers beating an Arab-American teen. Yeah, Did everybody see that? Yeah, and then underneath yeah. you see that the guy... No, that was, some, that was something different. That yeah. was a completely different thing. But that's hap that was printed by AP, and uh, I forget where else, yeah. Wasn't he arrested? He was arrested, but there's all kinds of claims of brutality, but the video only shows the Israelis beating him up, which they did, but not what provoked it. Now, he was wearing a mask. Uh, he was at a demonstration. Uh, he claimed that the mask was to keep the tear gas out of his face. 
if you're at a demonstration and there's tear gas going on and you're just an innocent passerby, maybe you shouldn't be there. Maybe. Okay. I don't know if anyone noticed with the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer when the dead boys, Israeli boys were found, didn't make the front page, didn't make the front page. It wasn't until the Arab, the Arab was killed that yeah. it made the front page. Right. Uh, there was a sickening New York Times article. They interviewed, uh, I believe it was the mother of one of the Israeli teens, uh, and I think it was the mother of one of the suspects. Oh, yeah. uh, and look at these poor mothers, what they're going through. Oh. You know, again, equivalency. Good is the same as evil to most of the media. Yeah, good, good is the same as evil. So what can we do? Again, we have to call the local media. That means the TV news, and you ask to speak to the news director. And that means newspapers, and you ask to speak to the news editor except if it's a big paper like the Inquirer and you ask for the foreign editor. And there's two things we can do. There is reactive, okay, proactive. and there's proactive. Reactive is easy, right? They're firing rockets, the media's, you know, distorting things, you write a letter, you know, why are you uh, equivocating the uh, Israeli victims and the Arab aggressors? And that's kind of reactive. Proactive. Listen to this, okay? All of you know, I hope, that almost every single day, some Israeli scientist, some Israeli doctor, some Israeli researcher has come up with a cure, a new treatment, a new technology that, that Israelis share to, with the world, things that make lives better for everybody. Suppose somebody was in a lab this close to a cure for, I don't know, let's say breast cancer. And one of those rockets lands on his lab with him in it. He's gone. The research is gone. Imagine that. We need to remind the people with proactive letters that what is developed in Israel and that these rockets are being fired and they could kill anybody. And we could be losing some cures, some treatments, some medications, some technologies that some Israeli scientist in a lab is working on right now. We need to make that point, okay? We don't know where the rockets are falling and the people firing them don't know where the rockets are falling. So we need to be proactive and reactive. We need to do both. You need to ask your rabbis, or to have your friends ask their rabbis to talk about these issues from the pulpit on Shabbat. There's no reason why they can't. It's important to educate the community and call to action. Speaking of calls to action, we have initiated a rally, a solidarity rally, this Friday at noon at 19th and JFK, across from the consulate on the southwest corner. I hope to see you all there. We have to get fellow Jews involved. We have to get our Christian friends involved. Obviously, those of us here tonight are a small group. We're not going to change the world by ourselves. We need to bring other people in and put them to work and explain how important things are right now. You should be calling other Jewish communal leaders. I don't want to pick on any names, but there's big organizations in this town. Ask them what they're doing, okay? If they're not doing enough, ask them to do more. All right, so we've got the media.
we've got Jewish organizations, we've got synagogues, we've got lawmakers to call. I'm leaving out until now the biggest of them all, okay? The White House. The president sets foreign policy and the president has a lot of discretion with regard to foreign policy. Yesterday in Israel, there was something called the Haaretz Peace Conference. Those of you who are familiar with Haaretz can only imagine. Uh, I'm not. In the middle of Israel being shelled, they're calling for, they're having a peace conference, okay? There's a gentleman named Philip Gordon, who is now President Obama's special representative to the Middle East. You can go to whitehouse.gov and look up the transcript of his remarks yesterday. I can assure you, you will not see a more vile, terrible, threatening, ugly speech or a group of statements by any American representative towards Israel since Israel was reestablished 66 years ago. Could you sum up what he said? No, but if you go to Facebook, you'll see my post from it last night. I was posting till 3.30 in the morning, different excerpts and stuff. His name is um, Philip, Philip Gordon. Philip Gordon. Gordon, yeah. Bad stuff. Jewish? I don't know. It really doesn't matter. It was on, I saw it in JewishPress.com today, too. Right, they had a story also. I was posting excerpts of it, you know, like I said, till about 3.30 this morning. Do you have morning. any response to the Satmar Rebbe's comments? It doesn't matter. The Muslim Brotherhood's in the White House. What do you expect from them? We have to push back. That's what I expect. If there's no pushback, they're going to keep doing it, okay? I mean, they were literally, this, this, there's literally very thinly veiled threats in this speech. And again, the Obama administration is calling for a contiguous Palestinian state. Do you know what a contiguous Palestinian state means? Anybody? Death to Israel. It means a discontiguous Israel. Israel gets cut in half. That's exactly right. We can't have that, okay? These people who are firing rockets at Israel or cheering as rockets are being fired, I don't know how the Israeli government can, in good conscience, negotiate with them. I really don't. Please explain to everybody here what it means geographically okay. and physically to cut uh, Can I have a piece of paper or something to write on? Very, very crude map, okay? Okay, very, very crude. Can everybody see? Yes. All right. Israel, right? Mm -hmm. Gaza, Samaria, Judea. How about the Golan? The Golan doesn't count for this because the Golan is, uh, is a dispute with Syria, okay? That's a whole other set of problems because you got ISIS up there making all kinds of trouble. All right. To make a contiguous Palestinian state, all right? Oh, oh, oh. This has to go. With has that. to be connected to that. Okay. Come on. What do you mean? Come on. Nothing. I'm no, no. I want to hear what you have to say. What do you mean? Come on. It's disgusting. Okay, but they really want to That's do what it. They want. <laughs> okay. So you're going to have either a road or a series of roads or something. What about Alaska and Hawaii? What about Alaska and Hawaii? They're not connected to the continental U.S. And we still, and things still work pretty good, right? Yeah. Good man. 
And how come the president can't figure that out if you can? Because the president doesn't have a yeshiva education, of course. Yeah, the president, the president <laughs> knows that. The president also, doesn't choose to know. That's also, right. geographically, yeah. the Israel and all its liberated territories. Thank you. Um, you can physically fit in the size of the state of New Jersey. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I don't know if everybody knows mm -hmm. that. Also, if you just cut that in exactly in half mm -hmm. from Yerushalayim, which is the halfway mark, yeah. you will totally <coughs> cut the north from the south mm -hmm. in Israel. Right. And how do the roads go through? Mm -hmm. You know, well, they would, they would build bypasses and things like that, but if Israel had to move tanks or things like that, it would, it would really yeah, inhibit really movement. about moving tanks, okay? Yeah. It's, a, it's a 12 hour tank ride, okay. right? Uh, That's because every two miles you've got to stop uh, and fill up, up the tank, the to, gas. Uh, yeah. To uh, down south, yeah. right? But it's a, it's a 24 hour march, all right? Non stop. I hear you. When you right. say march, do you mean on foot? Foot, yeah. yeah foot, marching. marching. By foot, yeah. You can actually do it in 24 hours within. I don't think so. Uh, well, no, I'd you can't. You can't walk. No, I didn't say walk. I said march. You can't march. You can't the get there is, on it's foot. It's very small. March from Roshanikra to Yerushalayim, nonstop. Can't do it. <coughs> the average person walks three miles an hour. You're talking Israeli uh, soldiers in yeah. time of war. So Anyways, anyway, it's, it's and any, and yeah, we, I don't want to get lost right. in the weeds here with some of these. But lawyers. if you think about another thing, as you're saying that also, is that if they get that land in between, it's not going to be a peaceful area. Of course it's not. It's going to be a very dangerous area, and they're going to start bombing from there, not just from Gaza. That's exactly right. So not right. only will they be able to get where they're getting now, but they'll also be able to go further. They can knock down any way. plane landing or taking off at Ben Gurion. <clears throat> Okay, think of that. Who's going to, uh, I'll get you in a second. Who's going to want to start businesses? Is Intel and all the big companies going to want to invest in Israel? Mm -hmm. They're going to pull everybody out. Goodbye economy. Yes, Zvi. Uh, one of the things that I heard yesterday from uh, Michael Medved was that uh, basically the, the goal of any PLO statement is, is Ultimately, the state should be Yudin Of course. And, uh, Abbas has said that. He's announced it. Yes. No Jews will be allowed in, in a Palestinian state. That's democracy. Now, the thing is, Wait, I want to hear his, let me hear his, let me hear his, his point, please. His ever since, this is not my, my point, it, it, it is from Michael Medved, so I don't want to take credit for something okay. that's not mine. Um, but uh, what Michael Medved said was that uh, so far, Gaza, ever since the Israelis pulled every last Jew out of there, has been Judenfrei, and look, look how peaceful it is. <laughs> well, it actually hasn't been Judenfrei because reporters from Haaretz and some other publications, including a couple New York Times reporters, have been in Gaza, so they like being down there. Uh, On the everybody, side. I'm sorry. On the right side, yeah. I heard on Fox that is that Egypt has blocked the tunnels that Hamas was using to resupply. So I hadn't heard Hamas that. What, what I heard it really sounds like the kind of thing that Egypt would say. <laughs> what I heard <laughs> is that they were keeping things from getting into Egypt, but not keeping things from getting from Egypt into Gaza. 
they don't want terrorism coming from Gaza into Egypt, but they're happy to have things go yeah, into I Gaza. Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard. The thing is that the new government of Egypt is always pro-Western. No, no, he's working no, with Abbas. They've been negotiating. No, no, no. He's not pro-Western. Don't trust anything they say. Right. All right, so we've got reasons to call the White House, 202 456 one 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 okay but even better because as I think somebody here said it's not going to do anything call and, and I don't want to get partisan here but it happens to be that the president is a Democrat this particular president is a Democrat the previous president was a Republican he did some bad things with regard to Israel it's kind of uh, goes across the board but call Democratic leaders in the area, okay? Some of you may have relationships with them or close, be close with them. Let them know you're not happy with what the White House is doing. It, it, there's nothing wrong with saying that. There's nothing wrong with calling uh, a, a Democratic official in this area and saying, look, you know, uh, I'm hearing what the President's doing about our ally and to our ally, and uh, it really rubs me the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with saying that, yes? Has Obama actually said supports a, a contiguous Palestinian state. He has, and his spokesman did again yesterday, or not his spokesman, but his representative yesterday. As of today, I think the White House just said, well, Israel has permission to defend itself. Why are calling for uh, Yeah. Israel, no sovereign nation needs, needs another nation's, you know, permission to defend itself. It's, you know, but there's been all these calls for restraint, as I said earlier, only when Israel starts responding. And then, then it's inappropriate and, 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 and or exorbitant. Uh, we're, we're doing it too hard for them. Disproportionate response, what right. What would do if Mexico started shooting rockets? Or the African-Americans or the Native Americans? Excuse me, the phrase was Israel has the right to defend itself. Oh. Of all right. It all right. So a couple things. So we need to make some phone calls, send some emails, tell our friends and relatives what's really going on. Another thing the media says is that Israel's retaliating, okay? All these words are loaded. So Hamas fires rockets into Israeli cities willy-nilly. When Israel tries to eliminate a terrorist, they drop leaflets. They actually have people who call on the cell phone the buildings where these terrorists are hiding and warn them, we're coming mm -hmm. to attack, get out, okay? No army in the world does that. Nope. So Israel's not retaliating. If Israel was retaliating, they would be firing rockets willy-nilly into Arab civilian areas, right? That's not a retaliation. When the police go after criminals, that's not a retaliation. It's a lawbreaker and the authorities. And we have to keep that in mind. We have to correct the media. We have to correct our friends when they repeat what the media says about all these matters. Do not tolerate hearing the term West Bank. Politely say, I'm sorry, it's Judea and Samaria, Yehuda and Shomron, okay? That's the way it's always been for a handful of years while Jordan illegally occupied it. It was called that. That's not its proper name. Explain that to people politely. But explain that to people. Explain to people that Hamas and the PA have the same goal, the elimination of Israel. Explain that to people. The reasons are different. Hamas is a religious organization. The Palestinian Authority, the PLO, Fatah, whatever you want to call them, 
are a nationalist organization. Their, their motives are different. The goals are the same, okay? What's the thing about the political? They keep saying something about it's a political party. The, the Hamas is. Are the Hell's Angels? Are the Hell's Angels a political party? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying. I they understand. Are. I'm just saying what goes with that. I mean, how did they? Yeah, um, there was an election in 2005. They had candidates, so therefore, some people want to consider them a political party. Ah, was that how they get away yeah. with it? Yeah. Okay. okay. I was wondering. They're not a political party. Oh, I know. <laughs> some people describe them as having a political wing. That's nonsense. It's really not, it's just lies and distortions. It's it's the too. Men were a political party. There you go. Weather uh, <laughs> underground. That's true. Huh? All of the this. Weather underground. All of this oh. is designed to confuse people, mm -hmm. to cover for what the Arabs are doing, mm -hmm. and to put the blame on Israel. You know, Israel is being you know already again called the Goliath, and the Arabs are the David. You have to explain that. Compared to the Arab League and compared to the landmass the Arabs have, Israel is a is a flea. Okay, it is a grasshopper compared to the Arab world around it, right? And the, and the population difference. We have to remind people of these. We have to speak up. With one notable exception. One second. What's your exception? We have Hashem on our side. Nothing is bigger than Hashem. Yeah, that's you know true. We but about, uh, yesterday at, a, at another show I went to. And because they have such hate, and they 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 want to get rid of us so purely, their their reasoning is so pure mm -hmm. that Hashem says, "Well, we have to do it with the other way around. We have to make it pure, but it has to be love." So we have to we have to be ready to do for each other better than we're doing now. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to. Love each other more than we than than we've been showing up until the the three boys were killed. Okay, we have to continue what we picked up last two weeks ago when when we were praying for their yep. their life. That we have to continue that and bring it further. Well, out. that means more mitzvot. Back their opposite. Right. On, on that note, more mitzvot, more saying of Tehillim, more you know, trying to be good people, as you say. But, but there's more to it than that. You know, God helps those who help themselves, it's right. said. And we have to get to work. I mean, some people work all day, so you need to try and do some of this work at night. Get on Facebook, send out emails, get on Twitter. Uh, if you're retired and have time during the day, you could do some of this during the day. Make phone calls. Uh, again, be polite. Explain calmly some of the things that I talked about. Uh, I don't have any cards on me, unfortunately. But uh, people know how to reach me. Uh, and I'm always available uh, to help. And I hope to see everybody Friday at noon at 19th and JFK. And, and while we're talking about this, yeah. does anybody have any comments or thoughts about the Satmar Rebbe's? Tell, tell us what he said. What I, I think it's ridiculous. The Satmar Rebbe recently gave a speech in which he laid the blame on the parents of the Obviously. boys no. and, and said that they need to be doing teshuva because they were wrong to put their no, their children in school near the West Bank. I don't think we should discuss it. What? I don't think we should discuss it. Of the three boys. It's a divisive, terrible thing to say. The joke about it, not to say there's, there's no any joke, joke in it, is funny. he's never acknowledged Israel before, so they said, well, he's taking a step forward, saying, okay, you're allowed to be in Israel, not the West Bank. No, but he's not saying that either. Did you say West Bank? Uh, I mean, um, Judea and Samaria. Samaria. 
really, really but it was try. Just ugly, what he said, and unfortunately, things, we don't have Achtus, when right. something like that comes so, from our own people, then our detractors say, "See, the, one of their own leaders says that, well, that the boys didn't belong there." So, uh, Hashem. Yes. One thing I need to say here, and please forgive me for my immediate reaction to this, is that we make we should really be very careful on, on how we talk about das Torah of the generation, our Rabbanim, even if we virulently disagree with something they say. Why? Because it has always been, explained to one of my in Eretz Yisrael, that you follow, following das Torah, you can't go wrong. Yep, and I, and then I, I want to add something to this. And I'm You'll not condoning the statement. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm, those words should not be put in my mouth. Um, however, I have spent a great deal of time, when I was in Yeshiva University, I spent a great deal of time it, on Shabbos with the Satmar Hasidim. And I will tell you right now, there is no love lost between them and uh, Yasser Arafat's men. Of course not. Uh, they, but that's and, not and, what we're talking that's about. What, what I'm saying is also yeah. is that you have to be careful that you don't start to go after an entire segment of Claudia Israel. Lashonara is, is wrong. No matter which no matter way. Matter and, what, right. and so if you want to disagree with the statement, you should, the we best place to do that. I wouldn't even acknowledge the I statement. Would, uh, I think we have more important things to do than to dwell on that. Right. We have more positive things to do right. than negative things to do. We have things to, that Steve has told us what to do, and that's mm -hmm. what we should be doing and not not worrying about the satmar of. So how many people are going to be making some calls tomorrow? Ooh, I'll, try. I'll try. Thank you. It's important. It really is important. Again, the media, lawmakers, Democratic officials in the White House, your friends and family, your neighbors, okay? Ask your rabbis to talk about this. Call into talk radio. That's always good. There's local talk radio stations in the city and in some of the suburbs. There's some smaller stations. Call in. Speak up. Really, really important. We have to help Israel right now. We should be helping Israel every day but especially right now because there really is a crisis. This is, this is very bad. The fact that these rockets can go as far as they can go and the fact that uh, world leaders are having moral equivalents saying that what Israel is doing to stop the rockets is as bad as those firing the rockets, those are, that's bad stuff. That hasn't happened before. So, no, it has. Yes. No, it hasn't been like this. It really hasn't. Really? Really. Years ago, when you shot a bullet from one of these uh, Uzis or rifles or yeah. automatic uh, weapons, it would just shoot. Now, uh, 30 years ago, they have one with a red dot on it. A laser. It's a laser. Yeah. No, 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 no. But the red dot on it, or these are the uh, uh, bullets that when it hits you, it doesn't just go straight through. It goes it's in. Built it's built to, you know, like... Break up uh, inside you. Yeah, uh, break up inside you. Yeah. It shatters, shatters right. inside, like vitamins do, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. time-release vitamins. Mm -hmm. well. This is, let's say, a time-release time bomb inside your body when this bullet hits you, all right? We don't know what they're using in terms of bullets right now. No. There's well, not been so no, many to bullets. Get back to the uh, missiles, yeah. all right? In 1976, when I was in the Israeli army, mm -hmm. okay, they already were teaching us, and even before me, uh, about chemical, uh, yeah, biological sure, ABC, yep. Yeah. All right? 
Atomic and, biological uh, chemicals. Who knows what they're trying to put inside these missiles? Oh, that's true. Okay, so to do to do the most amount of destruction, not just to people but also to property, right? And to have biological chemical warfare mm -hmm. in these. Uh, well, missiles. don't forget when they were when they were setting off bombs. They had some of the bombs were packed with shrapnel, shrapnel nails, yeah. and rat poison. Rat poison uh -huh. to keep people's blood from coagulating, okay. so they would bleed but out. They have advancements too, and, and oh, smallpox yes. was just found in an unused uh, laboratory. They could, they could do, they could do anything. Okay. They could literally so, do anything. Yeah, they're all about killing. Time. They're all about killing Jews, right. and they're all about killing their own people to harm Israel. Yeah. And I don't know that there's ever been a society that any decent society has ever faced where not only do they not care about killing your people, they're happy to kill their people if it hurts your people. Mm -hmm. Nobody's <laughs> going up against anything like that. Maybe the kamikaze pilots in Japan. As, as mentioned before, we have to put the Hashem element back Absolutely. into this equation. Do the earthly work. Yaakov, when he had to uh, defend his family, he did earthly things and do Dobbins. All right, you have to help yourself here on Earth, but also Davin. Yes, and uh, it's just very, very important. Yes, sir. I would, I would, uh, I would phrase that in in a, in a way that one of my professors did. Um, that basically, if the Israel if the Israelis would be more would be more heavily armed and firmer than ever, uh, it would it would be very scary to the Arabs. If they were, if, if, if all of us would do that, because yeah. <laughs> no, when we have unity, we're, we're good. We have no problems. <laughs> we hope, we hope that is the case. We, it hasn't been tried uh, for a very, very long time. Yes. Uh, Not since King David, with, I guess. Is, is, any, is anyone here familiar with the book by Senator Zave of Olive Shin? No. Um, he gives an on an end of the world type of scenario which is not totally illogical. Um, it's, a, it's a work of fantasy that talks about a military coup in the United States. Yeah, but States. that really, I, I don't want to get into works of fantasy. No, this no, this is real. I, I'm only the rockets are real. Yeah. I'm bringing it up for a particular reason. Um, the upshot <clears throat> was that once the, once the Israelis were showing signs of unity, it actually inflamed the Arab populace even more. They, they are very scared of the idea of Jewish unity. I got news for you. They're not scared of anything. They're on a they're on a mission that their God has sent them on. They believe, yep. and they are not afraid of anybody. You can if you have a mother who's willing to send her kids strapped with bombs to blow up somebody else's families, strangers. They're not afraid of anything. They're not afraid of anything. One of the worst parts, though, is it's not just that they hide behind their civilians, and so if somebody shoots back in self-defense, right. then they say, you're attacking our civilians, but the rest of the world buys it. Right. Because they want to. Yep. You know, the rest of the world, oh, you shot their civilian just they because somebody to. was standing behind them and they shooting you. To. Look, everybody knows the reality, but they want to. For whatever reason, you could call it anti-Semitism, you could call it pressure from the Arabs and the Muslims. Uh, Europe is afraid of the Arabs and the Muslims. Yeah, of course they are. Uh, Their whole society. Whatever the reason is, look, they know what's really going on. The, the so-called average person in the street might not, but the leadership who's making these decisions, putting pressure on Israel, they know exactly what's happening. They're not blind. They're not stupid. They're not ignorant. They just they're not care. misinformed. 
for whatever they reason, they seem to have it in for Israel and the Jewish people. And they always did. It's it's worse. It's not a matter of they always did. A, it's worse now. B, there's more apathy in the Jewish community. And C, the weapons that our enemies have are much more dangerous and much more sophisticated. Oh, do not let any of this that's going on distract us from job number one, Iran. Okay? Mm -hmm. Iran is still working towards nukes. Mm -hmm. Does anybody know what's going to happen on July 20th? What happens July 20th? That, that's the uh, line. Uh, Don't know. That that's when the temporary out. agreement between yeah. Oh, yeah. Iran and the P5 plus one expires. Right. And the Grand Ayatollah is calling for 190,000 centrifuges. Okay? So we don't know what's going to happen for July 20th. We don't know what's the centrifuge. I'm sorry? What's the centrifuge? The centrifuge processes well, uh, uranium to make it weapons grade. Okay. All right, let's learn a little Torah. Okay, thank you all for listening, but it's important. Don't just say, oh, I heard Steve talk, and he said this and he said that. You need to do, do, and you need to encourage others to do. It's really, really important. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, I'll see you all Friday at noon. On the Parsha, do you have anything? uh, No, I didn't realize that I, no. Uh, John, I'll put you on the spot. Um, I don't really have anything. <laughs> well, Svi, I'll pass this down to Svi. Oh I'm gonna pass this down. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, you're not demoralized. <laughs> All right. Um, this week's parsha. Parshas Penchas deals with a very interesting topic. Actually, is sort of the continuation of the end of last week's Parsha, Parshas Balak. And uh, we see a particularly seemingly disturbing event there, which ends up getting divine sanction, where um, Zimri and uh, Cosby, Cosby was a a, uh, Midianite princess, um, are together, and uh, and Penchus basically spe- you know spears the both of them, and people Light are more, stops. and that stops a plague, and Hashem then says that uh, he's going to be he's going to receive the covenant of peace. In other words, he's going to be a Kohen. Not every descendant of Aaron Kohen at that time was, was slated to be a Kohen right then. Um, no, it was, I don't think that was the case. The case was, he was born the before future, the, he was born later. All the future descendants were supposed to be Kohen. Right, that's what I said. He was born no. before, before him. Right. That's why he was not. That's what I said. That's what I said. No, that's not what it came out as. Okay. So say it again right. Okay. But anyway, um, so he was promised that he would be within the realm of the kahuna. Um, but the question is, what exactly was going on at the time? What started this plague and why did it happen? And one could easily say, explained, and I hope I'm giving this over, Rabbi David Sutton on a Torah tape years ago, um, that uh, if 
course, it says that the Bnei Israel were sinning with the Midianite women, this, that, the other, and it could be a very, a very good lesson on, on modesty that they shouldn't have been with these women. However, there was another major factor that was even, seemed to, to even dwarf that. Idol worship. Uh, but what specific idol do you remember, sir? Baal. 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 Baal Peor. Yes. Now the thing is, is that you and I think of that, and, and uh, we think that's worship. You think you that's de degrading the idol. Um, but as Rabbi David Sutton said, even if you go to the most promiscuous beach, you're going to find there's a certain place where you close the door. Um, this idol. Baal Pahor was basically saying, there is no boundary, there are no limits, do whatever you want and do, and do it publicly. It's natural. And uh, one of the things that we have to understand is that if you look at society today in many ways, um, what is happening? I remember I had a discussion with somebody one time. Uh, this person was claiming the rebellions of the 60s were worse than what was going on today. And I said, not quite. And I explained my logic as follows. In the 1960s, and also with Woodstock, whatever it was, when people were doing crazy acts, they were doing it as an open sign of rebellion against a societal norm which was relatively morally conservative. Now, the revolution has won... And things are, things that were one time considered taboo were being called upon to say, not only is it uh, acceptable, but we have to embrace it. Right. If we look at what's happening, societal, societal norms are being broken down. Um, it, it, it used to be, even at the beginning of some of these things, they would say, keep your noses out of our... Uh, out of our bedroom, whatever it is. And my whole thing has always been, quite frankly, there are certain things I don't need to know about anyone. There are certain facts that, uh, quite frankly, you know, you can stay between yourself and your doctor. I don't need to know about these things. Um, but uh, now, people are airing everything in public, and the whole idea that there is a place of, of there's a place where, where there's supposed to be privacy and place where the door is closed where there's something that is sacred there's something that is not a spectator sport that whole idea today has gone by the wayside but it's not an, but it's not a new phenomenon Billam was partially successful in what he tried to do. No, because at partially he fully did it because it's now coming true with all the all the sins that he all the curses that he was trying to do are now coming up and we can see them. Hashem changed them around, he didn't take them away. So they're actually you can see them now nowadays in, in society. But if you look at the Braha that was said, the Brahos were actually on the modesty of Khal Israel. And in the meantime, if you, if you see what, what has been going on with the world, you see it's the reverse of that. So as you said, what's happening now is you're also uh, 
you're seeing that the words that Bilam spoke, they didn't quite disappear. Um, the the brachos fortunately didn't disappear either, and therefore, for some of us, not all of us. <laughs> but we but it, it, we therefore have to redouble our efforts to show by example. I'm not saying getting people's faces about their political views. I've never been in favor of that because, quite frankly, it's not going to work. But by example, we're supposed to be the mamlachas kohanim yoy kadosh. And, and it is our place to say there are boundaries, there are limits. And when we actually live within them, that is what makes our life holy and, and lights up the world. And we do this by example. I'm not saying go out there and preach, but in our own workplace, we try to avoid saying foul language. We, say, we try to avoid inappropriate situations. Every time we do that, we're putting our thumb in Bill Lum's eye. And I think that's what we have to remember, is that the more thumbs we put in his eye, the better off we're going to be, and, that's, and the closer we're going to bring the gula from our own actions. Okay, I just think the uh, reward that Pinchas, <laughs> the reward that Pinchas got was that he, he got the bris shel shalom, and a lot of people will say, why would he get the uh, the bracha of shalom? What, what he did was uh, kill someone, so it's sort of like counterintuitive. But the truth is, no. When you see something done, as the as the situation we have in Israel now, I think it's very apropos. When you sit there and do nothing and make excuses, that's not being good, that's not being humanitarian. It's when you take a stand and you do something that, that makes Hashem happy and gives him, gives him the opportunity to give us the bracha of shalom, because that is the true shalom. And I think each and, each and every one of us at this terrible time in Eretz Israel, should redouble our, our efforts to be with, to show solidarity with Eretz Israel, and to do the things that Steve has, has definitely told us to do, and along with plenty of davening in Tehillim, and we have to, we have to have um, a munad that Hashem will help yeah, us, along with our, with our hishtadlis that we have to do what we should be doing. Amen.